Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. There will be no crying in that day because you will be compatible to the Holy Lord God and the only thing you will want is His glory on that day. You will only want His glory on that day and we will not be impeded by the carnality of what we're operating in now, a fleshly dimension of love for people on this side. On that day, we will be just like Him but we will see Him as He is. And again, welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Today we continue, once again, our look at Psalm 41 as we focus in on the confidence that we can have in Christ. And our healing is symbolized in the Lord's table. It's all part of our look at Psalm 41. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Nothing scares the world more than a confident, grounded believer. Am I making sense? But nothing rejoices them more than when you are a flickering candle that they think all they have to do is exercise one move and they can blow that candle out. This is where David is. I'm not going to stay long on this one, but I want you to comprehend it. The integrity of the believer and his weakness. Confession leads to what? Healing. Confession leads to what? Confession leads to what? Right, because if you don't believe it, you won't do it and you won't experience it. David knew it. He had actually already declared his healing in verse 3, and then he confessed in verse 4 and 5. Subpoint B, it is also a what? Proactive strike against condemnation. Ooh, I love this. Somebody get ready. You're going to be blessed right here. Now, when you are weak and vulnerable and you can't extricate yourself or move yourself away from your adversaries, you got to just deal with them. The best thing for you to do is fess up to God so that God can insulate you. Because you're getting ready to be vomited on. You're getting ready to be spit on. You're getting ready to be mocked and ridiculed. You're getting ready to be cast down. You're getting ready to be insulted. You're getting ready to be, you're getting ready to be tested by people who can't help but doing what they do because they're snakes. Did you hear what I just stated? Right? And you're getting ready to learn something about yourself so you can be, you can be ready to be, Lord, am I a snake? You can pray about that because you can call yourself a Christian, but you can actually be a snake. Now, here's how you know you're a snake. Are you ready? When people are cast down, you want to kick them. When people are down, you, you feel empowered. When people are down, you feel now invincible. When people are down, you take on a Superman mentality. When people are down, you feel like God called you up to be the judge. Oh, I got the calling. I'm the judge. Let me go see this case over here. What's wrong with you? And now you're on top of them. 
hovering over them as a judge. And you actually feel good. Your ego is inflated. You have a sense of righteousness or wholeness or integrity. It's false. But that's what you're operating out of because you feel better than that miserable jerk that, that's now in a poverty-stricken state. Am I making some sense? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So right now, David is down. As all of us will be down from time to time. As Job was down, and Job plainly said it, you are miserable counselors. You're not helping me. You haven't told me any right thing. Everything you said, I know. Like, all you are is an empty, hollow shell running off at them. In fact, Lord, they're making me even more miserable. Where my friends at, Lord? That's what Job said. Where my friends at? Because these dudes ain't my friend. I had friends. When my friends came along, they sat with me. When my friends came along, they mourned with me. When my friends came along, they grieved with me. But these guys in front of me are my enemies. Because now they have risen up in self-righteousness accusatory attitudes, finding everything wrong, they perceive to be the reason why I'm down. And the the matter is still with me. They have not given me clarity. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Bunch of snakes. Bunch of snakes. Point number three. Point number three, brother. We're on point number three. The integrity of patience among the what? Is that a good way to put this? Look at verse 6 through 9. I want to show you the integrity of the believer among the hypocrites. I might end up stopping here. Here it is. He says over in verse 5, My enemies speak evil of me when, he sh- when shall he die in his name what? Woo, is that bad or what? My enemies speak evil of me saying, When shall he die and his name perish? Now, will y'all hear me for a moment? Whoever these people are hovering around him, and they're hovering around him. Can I tell you why? He can hear them. Now, here's one of the other problems with being vulnerable, spiritually sick. You hear your enemy's voices more than you hear God's. Right. When you are spiritually afflicted, you can, bear, you can barely hear God. The promises of God are not rising up as bulwarks and as shelters from the storm. The enemy knows that when you're down, you're more susceptible to hear his voice. That's why he shoots his arrows at you. He wants you to be wounded. This was Elijah after he had wiped out 850 prophets of Baal. Remember that? Next day, Jezebel sends him a letter. That boy starts quaking in his boots, running for the hills. Remember that? She knew that when you go up, you got to what? Come down. She caught him at his low ebb because she was a snake. You understand that? She was a snake. And what did Elijah do? He ran for a minute. Then he sat down. He said, let me confess. He told God, you know what, Lord? I am not better than my father's. That tells me that intrinsically, Elijah was just like you and me. When God uses you significantly, you can kind of forget that you ain't nothing but a dirtbag by nature. Did you hear what I just stated? You can. You're human. You're human. And Elijah could have just, I mean, you, you didn't wipe out all of the false prophets in the land. I wish I could do that today. Just wipe them all out. 
rain fire down from heaven, burn it all up. The only people you can hear are faithful gospel preachers. <laughs> but Christ already told the disciples, you don't know what spirit you are. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to show mercy. Plus, you got to let the false prophets exist for the discernment of God's elect. Because the people who don't know the truth of the gospel be, will be suckered in by false prophets. But God's elect will not follow them. My sheep hear my voice. Another they will not follow. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of mine. The only reason you and I are kept today in the sound truth of the gospel is because God has given us discernment. Is that right? Right. Now watch it. Watch it now. Watch it. Here it is. Watch it now. David heard them coming. Sub point A. They came to do what? Condemn, not to what? They came to condemn, not to care. And then I give you verses in the book of Job 16, 1 through 5, 13, 4 through 5. I'm not going to go there for time. Job made it very clear. You didn't come to care. You came to condemn. They did church for about a week. They sat down for about a week. Praise God, sang hymns, same hymns, you know, you know, come thou found of every blessing, you know, heal us in Jesus. In the hour of trial, we're going to sing that a little later. In the hour of trial. After that, Job, you got a problem, dude. You did something wrong. Right? That's religious folk for you. That's religious people for you. That's what snakes are. Subpoint B. They fail, however, to see affliction as a mirror. Stay with me. Show you're true. We're going to wind it down. When you are a healthy believer, whenever, whenever you are exposed to or in the presence of affliction, use it as a mirror and look at yourself. And go, you know what? Except for the grace of God, they'll go out. Watch this. Or, yep, that's me too. I'm just as toe up as him. I may look better on the outside. I'm just as toe up as him on the inside. I am not going to rise up and somehow think I can give him medicine when I'm refusing to take it myself. I'm going to look at this mirror and go. Maybe this is a perfect law of liberty mirror. Maybe this is the mirror that God is allowing me to see myself. So when I leave from praying for him, I can go pray for myself. I can get on my knees and say, Lord, help me as you help him because I'm just as bad off as he is. Do you hear me? Affliction should be a mirror because affliction has the epitome of its redemptive value in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who was afflicted. He was chastised. He was bruised for our iniquities. We should see in him ourselves being redeemed and therefore humble ourselves and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Help him. Help me. Did y'all get that? Ask God to keep you from the arrogant, false assumption that when somebody else is down, it's time for you to be up. Don't go there. Don't ever go there. Don't ever go there. Christ is not in that. Christ never here we go. Watch this. Subpoint C. They strike him while he is what? Look at the text, verse 7 through 9. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. Here it is. An evil disease say they cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Do you see how adamantly confident they are? When will he die? When will his name perish? They don't even want nobody even speaking of him after his death. 
That's how bad that is. Here they're saying their devising is hurt and evil disease has cleaved. They're making a diagnosis of his problem. You see it? That brother got cancer and he ain't going to be recovered. We can't wait until it wipes him out. He shall lie down and rise up no more. See, that's when you know you have enemies. They do not want you to recover. They never want to see you prosper. They never want to see you overcome a fall or a sin or a failure. Are y'all hearing me? Because it exposes their own insecurity. See, and, and conversely, you and I should pray for recovery. We should pray for recovery on the part of people. Lord, heal them. Lord, raise them up. Lord, save them. Renew their mind. Change their heart. Use this to convert them. This will bring you glory if we have another person on our team. But the insecurity of people who want to see people perish, this is absolutely amazing. Verse 9, here it is. Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Now, immediately, for those of you who don't do what we call biblical theology, we don't know that, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me to do thy will, O God, that all prophecy from beginning to end has its ultimate culmination in the conflict and the glory to come in Jesus Christ. This is a prophecy of Judas Iscariot sitting at the table with Christ. Is that right? Historically, in the context, you know what it's a prophecy of? Absalom rising up against his daddy, David. How remarkable would it be for a man or a woman to actually pretend that they know God, be within the corporate communion and fellowship with God, even partake at the table as we are about to do and fail to see the bread and the wine as their only hope of salvation? How, how depraved we must be, how wicked we must be, how reprobate we must be to sit at the table, hate Christ hate everybody about Christ, and then hypocritically eat the bread and drink the wine. How depraved we must be, and yet churches are filled with people like that. Do you hear what I just said? Churches are filled with people who don't know the love of God in Christ, who don't know the grace of God in Christ, who don't know the light of the glory of God in Christ, and yet they'll reach over and take the bread, reach over and take the cup. Lost! Do you hear what I just stated? Well, Christ allowed Judas to do it, didn't he? He allowed him to do it. He allowed him to do it. So I want to show you the last point here. I want to wrap this up this way. I'm not going to unpack this. When it says here, he has lifted up his heel against me, that language really needs developing. It means stomping on somebody when they are down. When the heel is up, it means you are under their heel. You can see their heel. Y'all got that? And the hill comes down to crush you. The hill comes down to crush you. Here is the reverse theology inherent in that. Are you ready? They view you as the serpent. Because the doctrine is your heel shall crush his head and he shall bruise your heel. So the snake inverts the process, makes you the snake and him the savior. Do you see it? I could develop it, don't have time. Whole lot of text there to unpack around this kind of attitude, arrogant, antichrist attitude. Hope you get it. They gonna step on you when you down because they're one thing, snakes. 
My last point, the integrity of what? Spiritual expectation. Look at verses 10 through 13. I'm going to just read them so we can partake of the table. But you, O Lord, do what? Be merciful unto me and raise me up. Woo! Woo! Give me five more minutes. Oh! (laughs) See, you ain't got to just necessarily have nobody pray for you. Pray for yourself. When nobody will pray for you, pray for yourself. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. If no one's going to pray for me, Lord, I'm calling on you. Lord, you raise me up. You raise me up. You bring me back to life. You recover me. As the scripture plainly says, do not be pleased when you see your enemy fall. For the Lord may look upon it and not be pleased and raise him back up. Y'all see that? And that's a promise to all of God's elect because we're going to suffer going down. But the promise is a just man falleth seven times, yet shall he rise up. Yet shall he rise up. Yet shall he rise up. That's Christ's promise to us. If I live, you shall also live. Is that right? Because I live, you shall also live. Because I live, you shall also. The great model of this is the two witnesses we talked about on Friday, right? Being killed in the book of Revelation. And after the third day, what did God do? Raise them up in the sight of everybody in the world. And then God called them up into heaven in the presence of everybody in the world. And that's a picture of the church ultimately being raised up out of the apostasy to be caught up together with the Lord in the air on the last day. What that means by prophetic implication is our world is going to get worse. And the church is going to be pathetic. And it's going to look really bad like it looks now. And it's going to operate in an impoverished way. It's not going to be walking in strength. It's not going to be giving in terms of the gospel and the kratos of the gospel and the iscus of the gospel. The power of the gospel is going to be drained because, as 2 Timothy 3 puts it, they will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They'll look good on the outward. They'll be wrapped up in social justice. They'll be caught up on horizontal levels of doing this and doing that. But they will have at the same time deny the veritable truth of the word of God, who God is, who Christ is, who the Holy Ghost is, what salvation is. It will deny to tell men and women they're sinners while giving them bread. In effect, what the church will become is a self-righteous institution of self-savior identity. It will become the savior instead of Christ. This is why much of the church today is ashamed of preaching the gospel. Do you hear me? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that will believe it. To the Jew first, then also to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. And the just shall die by faith with their eyes fixed square on the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch it now. Watch it now. Watch the language. Watch it yourself. Here's what David says. He says in verse um, verse 10, but thou, O Lord, be merciful to, to me. Raise me up that I might what? Requite them. The word is answer them. Don't have time. But let me help you get it. The word means to repay. It goes back to verse one. I wish I had time. 
See, there's a day coming when God's going to pay us and he's going to pay them. Everybody getting paid. Everybody getting paid. I, in the same way he using us to lend to the poor because we walk in the strength of a, an authority of God, the poor that don't pay back are wicked people. He that borroweth and does not pay back is a wicked man. He that borroweth and does not pay back is a wicked man. When you borrow the gospel and don't pay it back by submitting to the crown rights of Christ, you are a wicked man. And God's going to cause you to pay it back on the last day. Everybody paying something back. Isn't that right? And God promises those of us who have been part of the theologically redemptive program of economics where we have given to others, he will repay us and he will repay them and he will repay them by Christ with us. I know that's tough, but we have not yet entered into what we should enter into theologically. And that's a study of the last things. Now, the church does not talk about it because the church don't want to offend nobody. But there's a day coming when Christ will return and all hypocrisy will be done with. He will separate the wheat from the tares. And then he will have in a great assize. It will be a judgment upon which the Holy Lord God Almighty, the Father, will sit. And Christ will sit with the Father as the Father's vicar. For God hath made that one man to be the judge of all men. And we will sit on thrones with him who are true believers who did the work right down here. And we will judge men and angels. Did y'all hear what I just stated? We will judge men and angels. This is why we don't judge now. This is why we don't condemn now. This is why we don't exercise uh, the Makari sword judgment now. This is why we're not cutting off heads now. This is why we love men and women now. This is why we're patient with people now. This is why we walk in the humility of Christ now like he did, because there's a day coming when the Lord will bust wide open the heavens. He will come in the glory of his father and every true believer in Christ will be caught up, glorified, empowered with Christ and will sit in the dignity of the divine nature to judge the world. It's going to be an ominous time. The implications we should never even begin to go into fully because it's talking about family members. It's talking about friends and relatives and children and grandchildren. Everyone who does not submit to the crown rights of Christ. It's going to be a horrible day. It's going to be a horrible day. A day for which we would cry now. Weep now. Be be tear-eyed now. Because on that day when we're glorified, we won't be crying. There will be no crying in that day because you will be compatible to the Holy Lord God. And the only thing you will want is his glory on that day. You will only want his glory on that day. And we will not be impeded by the carnality of what we're operating in now. A fleshly dimension of love for people on this side. On that day, we will be just like him for we will see him as he is. And we will sit with him in judgment upon our own humanity. And God in his mercy has done something that we're about to partake of now. The Lord Jesus Christ has stood between a holy, righteous God and rebel sinners on a tree called Calvary as a mediator between God and man. You know what he's doing? Absorbing the judgment for his elect and staving off the judgment 
for the wicked. That's what the cross is about. And the issue is, are you going to be judged in the cross? Or are you going to be judged on the last day? Are y'all hearing what I just said? It's two judgments. Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world cast out. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all of my people to me. But on the last day, no cross. Just a judge. Today we get to eat from the table of the cross. And get to see in the bread and the cup, the judgment of the cross. Wounded for me, wounded for me. There on the cross, he was wounded for me. Amen. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. You can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan.